Welcome to the John to Scale podcast. I'm Pablo Cortez. Today's guest is uh, Marcus Martinez. Uh, Marcus is a partner at Ultra Barrio, a Houston, Texas-based architecture and urban design practice. Uh, established out of MIT, Ultra Barrio brings design intensity to the challenges of our urbanizing environment with the goal of shaping cities to be more civic, sustainable, and generationally connected by design. Marcus, uh, thanks for uh, joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've we we scheduled this way far out, so I'm glad glad we're finally here together. This is great. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to to finally uh, finally do this. Um, uh, I'd like to start off real quick. We'll we'll get into some of the background of Alto Barrio's uh, work and and how you came to be. But I'd like to start off with um, sort of what we just kind of mentioned is what are the ideas and strategies to help make cities more civic, sustainable, and generationally connected by design. Uh, maybe if you can also define the generationally connected part for us. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll start uh, at that point. Um, the generational connectivity is uh, one of the things I know between Amna and I, uh, something that really got us interested in design before uh, we even knew what urban design planning architecture was. You know, we come from uh, very strong families, you know, very tight knit families. Um, so kind of that spectrum of community is, is something that we find essential in how we move our work forward, um, both from the youth, but not just including schools, but uh, kind of uh, finding opportunities for educational overlaps that are two way, you know, uh, not just the kids, but also uh, the aging population and how they get included and, and really how their activity gets folded into the activity of everyone else, not just kind of siloized uh, to, to those different areas. Um, we think kind of addressing the, that spectrum of, of generations, it, start to, it starts to trigger and answer uh, things that are much more difficult conversations, like things like safety and longevity. But if we talk about it in terms of generational connectedness, um, I think we start uh, answering some of those questions along that way. Uh, so you're looking at more of, is it more along the lines of where you start the use of a space, a building, a, a community, and where you see it planned out in the future? Is it more about taking, um, obviously, the different generations and how they're going to be purposing the space and, and the, and the, um, the different, I guess, I'm assuming, different areas of the space? Um, do you plan how far out do you plan ahead for that? Is it something that you that you take into account or is it more let the users sort of define it? I, I really love that question uh, because I, I like how you're talking about projecting forward. And quite often where we start is how far back do we look? You know, we're we're you know, if we're gonna look at right now, we're interested in in how uh, a community, uh, a series of blocks, uh, or, or a series of plans. What what is the arc that they followed? And I think that's that's what becomes very important to our way forward. And that's how we connect uh, a way forward that we think is most uh, authentic. You know, it's and a lot of times it's not always by maps. It's by photography. It's by kind of all, all those different things that people will actually relate to. So. Um, you know, if we're showing just here's what your streets were back in 1952, it's like, OK, <laughs> you know, but but it's it's kind of uh, finding the imagery, finding a way to capture what that culture 
was or maybe you know what that culture continues to be you know over the decades and, and making sure that that doesn't get lost as as we move um, uh, a plan forward or move move the conversation uh, forward um, as much as we've talked about kind of the connection with people the connection with um, nature is also something very important to us you know um, in our region you know uh, even in, in Houston I grew up in San Antonio um, there are between our coast and my hometown uh, I believe there's like seven different eco regions <laughs> that you're <laughs> that you're crossing through that area which um, as a kid I always found that extremely fascinating and as a professional uh, it's that many ways to kind of uh, think about not only those ecoregions independently, but uh, how we consider the seams between uh, those ecoregions and how we build within those areas as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we, we like to look back as far as we can uh, for some projects. We, we've seen that um, part of that city was not that old and, and, uh, we've uncovered that there's these wonderful kind of prairie mounds that were, were in this area. So that gives us a little more agency instead of saying, let's make some beautification steps, which are always needed, but maybe we find that there was a characteristic of the ground that might be worth also bringing back. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, if it's from people to, to, to habitats where we're, we're, we're all those kind of aspects really matter to us as we, as we move things forward. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would, I would say your work is, well, maybe uh, what, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it non-traditional, but you are taking parts kind of looking beyond just the space, right. And what the, the community can be. And you're looking far beyond that, taking into account, account all these different parts, but what are the challenges that you seem to those ideas and strategies maybe even the culturally, you know, based on the infrastructure or even at the legislative, uh, you know, going through plan checking, all that kind of things that you have to do, right? You know, I, I think this is probably where um, between Amna and I, our backgrounds have, have a lot of similarities, but they also have uh, a lot of kind of distinguishing kind of ends. You know, Amna spent uh, a number of years, you know, working predominantly in urban design and landscape where those meet. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time loving landscape a ton, um, but also understanding kind of uh, develop more kind of into the architecture. But I think where our concerns really overlap heavily uh, are the spaces between buildings. You know, even if it, even if architecture is the, the primary uh, driver on a project, we're always starting from outside of it, you know, and, and we're seeing kind of, we're, we're interested in how far those relationships of the ground can reach. Um, so, you know, getting into that and I'll speak to, I'll say for our region, but in a growing way, so many of our regions uh, where there's issues of extreme heat, extreme flood, you know, um, um, and in, and in some cases also uh, extreme conditions for livability uh, in, in some of those cases. So we tend to kind of look at things in a way almost like a campus planner, right? You're, you're concerned about the mass of things, but you're also concerned how all the other overlaps that kind of drive that campus come kind of come in, into play. 
Um, so I think we've, I feel like we've had a, a good, uh, you know, amount of success taking that way. It tends to be more, um, far more plural, you know, and, and our interest as we move a project forward is, is to make sure that we, um, you know, we want to maximize stewardship, you know, in, in how a project moves forward. So, um, in addition to kind of dialing back the clock and looking back at a variety of maps, you know, we, we also look at, in some cases, there's a, a number of, uh, you know, uh, Sydney interventions, city plans, uh, incentivized programs. We, you know, we try to track all the things that might be impacting, um, those, those few blocks, that neighborhood, anything we can kind of tie into. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's something we say a lot in the office, but something we don't say out loud too much, but we, we kind of like the idea of, of carrying the torch of, you know, of good work that's, that's happened. Um, I, uh, in a lot of ways, that's where our, our pride can really be. It's like, okay, that was a good plan. This is a good idea. If we put those together, you know, those two should have overlapped. So let's, let's, let's show that map, that map from, from a study from, from eight years ago. And, and let's, let's show how those steps were necessary and we can kind of continue to, to propel those things forward. Um, but yeah, all, all, all those, all those things matter. And, and part of, part of that aspect is, is also just honoring the time that other community, the community may have put into those, <laughs> those plans already, you know, um, you know, I think, they deserve to feel good that, that that outreach matters and that outreach didn't uh, stop at that just being out, outreach for theatrics, you know, but it's outreach for, for meaningful change. Are there any uh, specific issues to Houston that you're you're seeking to address in your work? The, the one thing that's very new to us that that we cover kind of both in our studio here and also in, in our studios at uh, at, I'm at University of Houston on the teachers at Rice, but um, you know we're we continue to be very interested in in thinking about the ground plane more uh, more dynamically, more comprehensively. Um, you know the city of Houston is extremely flat. Uh, I think I heard was it a a foot per mile of slope. <laughs> so you know, and we're susceptible to floods and heat and and a lot of extreme conditions. So. In, in our mind, those are things we should have uh, bring a lot of sophistication into, but that's not always from necessarily the the design side. Uh, part of it is being able to make uh, the civil engineers our allies. You know, as as we as we move things forward, I, we think that's a kind of extreme importance uh, with engineers who consider utilities. Let's 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 work together to to think about how do we handle. Uh, storm drains. How do we kind of handle how taxed those uh, those systems are? How can we hold water for longer and work and really engineer a landscape that can um, take care of itself <laughs> a little bit more, um, take care of its own site versus send, sending things off. Um, so those are issues. You know, there are uh, a number of issues that um, are known all across, especially the U.S. about parking. Um, but when we see parking, we also see heat, you know, so so those are the kind of different ways that we might choose to talk about uh, parking without talking about parking, you know, uh, but we're, we're talking about um, 
about heat sinks uh, better than, than just talking about cars. So sometimes we can get more positive nods when it's like, yeah, we don't want this to be hotter. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, then how do we figure this out? You know, and then there's, and then often the solution is, well, let's, let's stab a few trees in the parking lot, you know, and, and, and didn't we, didn't we do a good job? Um, but, you know, um, things that I, I know you and your audience know well, you know, is that once the, that asphalt heats up, it just doesn't reflect heat up. It also reflects heat down, you know, and it also bakes the soil and makes it in, inhospitable uh, for those areas. So there's a lot of uh, directions, we, you know, where we try to urge uh, to uh, make these kind of steps as durably as, as we can, right, uh, to, to make them make a, make a bigger difference, not just make a short-term Band-Aid, you know. So those are, those are the things that we we definitely uh, try to focus on. Um, maybe if we can kind of step back a little bit and uh, talk about how you and Amna, Amna uh, Ansari, right? She's the uh, the other partner in El Tabario. Uh, how did you guys, can you talk about how you guys met and how you started the um, the firm? Oh, wow. Um, we, we, <laughs> we have such a story sometimes. Um, so Amna and I, uh, I think I've always, uh, you know, uh, in, enjoyed uh, talking about design uh, for a long time. I think, you know, uh, we were in undergrad together. We were kind of in, in separate, uh, different classes. Um, but uh, it should have nothing to do with me back in back in undergrad. <laughs> so, but um, you know, later on, you know, we were we were both. Uh, traveling and, and working. She was working in Shanghai and I was working at uh, Enrique Mariah's office in, in Barcelona. And then uh, we happened to be back in Houston at the same time. Um, so, you know, from that point on, you know, we've, we worked together. We did a few competitions uh, together. Uh, we, and uh, we always had a lot of the different values uh, different uh, shared values different strategies towards those achieving those values and i think that's where um it's it's always been um a great uh, collaboration but I, I think also we come from different points culturally different points as well um so i, I think all those begin to, to to feed into um our office um i think we've you know we went to See, we did undergrad for a couple of years. Uh, undergrad, then we we worked for uh, quite a few years. I think seven years after our undergraduate periods, and then I think that was really productive uh, to have some some space between that and and going to to grad school. I think if I decided to go to grad school right after undergrad, I would have had one set of reasons. <laughs> but I think uh, having uh, a gap between there uh, allowed us to take uh, more focus uh, into grad school, and ultimately the the goal was to go to grad school, get more, uh, get better at bridging those gaps uh, that that we kind of saw in ourselves, um, and then start our office uh, shortly after that. And it's pretty much the path we were at. We both went to grad school for uh, at MIT for uh, architecture and urbanism. Um, and then inside of that, 
Amna had, uh, well, we both went architecture and urbanism. She had a little more focus with science, technology, and society. Uh, I went the direction with um, spending a lot of time with the MIT Media Lab, uh, uh, doing a variety of things there. So same schools, different kind of um, kind of interest and in, in, end up kind of bridging back uh, each time. So, How long has Ultra Barrio been in business? I guess we had a kind of a soft start, like many businesses do. Um, so I think our our, our physical office is uh, going on two, right, two two and a half years around there, um, and I think our our practice has been about two and a half three ish years uh, around there. You know, starting starting small, but um, but now we're getting into the the scale of projects that we're that we, we that we started it for so that's been it's been very exciting um but yeah i mean one of the the first projects we we had that kind of helped us kick off was was working for uh, metro um for the um we did their uh, programming catalog which is really you know huge for us and um i i, I think part of we have uh a little bit of a reputation kind of graphically with how we kind of put kind of ideas together. So, um, you know, we have a pretty good way of translating kind of design and engineering and putting it all in the same hand. So that's kind of where the, uh, the programming catalog, the ambition of the programming catalog was for the, for Metro. I should say Metro is our, is our public transit system here in, in Houston. Um, so, uh, what that catalog did was uh, it combined information that was on separate shelves kind of all, all over the the organization, but uh, it was really intended just to unify everybody around a central document, right? So people involved in landscape could see the civil engineering needs and people involved in safety at a, at a park and ride and, and could see kind of all the overlaps of, of everything else involved in there too. So... Um, is uh, are you guys doing more uh, stuff like that, more public works type of work? Is it, um, are you doing any private uh, work? Um, yeah, uh, we have, uh, we're pretty, I mean, or I mean, we're you know, as a as small business, you're you're happy every day that, <laughs> that everything's you know, the doors are open sometimes, but um, you know, but we're especially lucky that that the projects that we have we we really connect with you know it's it's always your ambition when you kick off and it feels pretty wonderful when when those projects continue to happen so we're, we're really excited about that uh, those projects are um, they're a mix um, some are um, kind of public we do we're doing some what are called livable center studies um, here that look at um, not just specific neighborhoods, but even specific areas, um, and uh, a, a series of studies and partnerships are are involved in there, kind of understanding some existing conditions. Yeah, yeah. So we we do the livable center studies. Uh, those have a lot of kind of understanding existing conditions. We have a lot of uh, there's a significant amount of outreach that is uh, that are a companion to. Uh, both the findings and that those that outreach kind of leads to 
um, kind of a, a variety of, of different um, kind of concepts that, that come out of there. Um, so that's the work side of it all, but also the, the thought side of there is that we really work hard on creating the right set of questions, you know, that feel like we're from there. Um, you know, if we, uh, you know, uh, for one of the projects we're on, they had like a, uh, a, a it's a smaller, a smaller uh, town and we went to their, they had a convention for all of their the restaurants and everything else. And so we go there, we hang out, we taste, we eat their food, you know, and, and try to, uh, in small samplings, as much as we can kind of get back and forth, uh, you know, know how to communicate on their terms and, and recognize the things they recognize, you know. So we're not, um, we don't want to lean on maps to show that we've, <laughs> that here's your place, but we're trying to find ways to, to describe it that sounds authentic to them so there's um, a number of things we do there uh, we've also done um, you know a significant amount of work with uh, I'd say clients but they feel more like we're we're partners together working with some uh, some nonprofits um, here in town um, which is I mean I, I don't know I you know I, I for the projects we have I I wake up really excited you know uh, and we you know, especially with our or nonprofit uh, what projects, you know, uh, it feels good to work hard for people who work so hard for their communities for so long too. Um, so uh, those 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 projects are, are really interesting to us, um, and they're very meaningful. So um, if you looked at some of our work, the, the area we've done a lot of uh, work in was working with Connect Community in the, in the Gulfton region, here in Houston. So that's the most uh, dense neighborhood uh, in all of Houston. I think all of Texas is close to like Chicago and New York. Um, you know, I, the over uh, the, the list goes all over the place. Sometimes they have over forty languages spoken. Some say over sixty languages spoken. But it's it's very um, it's very diverse there. So um, and it speaks to the things kind of you know we we care about as well. You know, it's it's an area that has a lot of newcomers to the area. Um, so where does space overlap with culture and overlap with language, overlap with schools, opportunities for, uh, for jobs, uh, for people who just get here, uh, all those things begin to really matter. And we couldn't answer those questions on our own. Those are difficult questions. Um, so that's where, um, uh, being with, uh, some of these, these nonprofits is, is, uh, we do we do as much learning as we do work. I think sometimes on those and and delightfully so, um, you know they they know the names of people all over the neighborhood. You know, um, you're you'll it's not that you're hearing them speak uh, just a little bit of Spanish, but they know kind of a little bit of Arabic, a little bit of everything. So it's just it's super impressive to to be around them. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think the, the right kind of projects, um, I think we walk away um, better informed, you know, for there. And, and we like to take what we learn, hopefully take it to, to the next project as well. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, you touched a little bit about this. Um, landscape architects are not trained in business, right? There's no, <laughs> at, the, at least not on the, on the, uh, at the school level. Um, I'm assuming it's a, it's a lot maybe the same for someone in your position, the planning, architecture, design type of thing. Was that hard to 
get your grasp, get your head around? And were there any challenges that you can think of to get started? I, I think there was a, a practice class, but you know, it's, you know, there, there's a chance that they mentioned things that were very significant uh, in those classes, but you know, you're too young to actually absorb the lessons <laughs> at that point in your career. Like, yeah, yeah okay, sure. Um, and, you know, I think there's few that are bold enough to get things started, you know, um, or, you know, right out of school. But, um, you know, we've we had the fortune, I think, of, you know, having some incredible um, we're going to, you know, not so much incredible projects, but a lot of, a lot of times I, I think working under some incredible people, you know, uh, that you happen to do projects on <laughs> that that we learned a ton from. You know, and I, I think there's uh, a lot that we gathered uh, from those experiences that I think we're we were able to, to fold into into our office. You know, um, Omna was definitely um, had a lot more exposure than I did on on the business side and, you know, kind of creating uh, fee structures and everything. She just has a way of of seeing miles ahead. <laughs> Um, so she's a exceptional partner in that way. And also, you know, she knows how to, you know, make room for design as well. You know, we, we, you know, that's, that's what really matters, um, the most for us. Um, you know, I think the one thing to, to learn really, I, I think starting out is just figuring out your, you know, your tolerance for uncertainty, you know, and, and I think one of the the things we learned early is that, you know, you want to make sure things can get paid for at the beginning. And, you know, you might catch yourself saying yes to a few too many things. And for me, it was it was most saying yes to too many small things that added up to to a lot. And, um, you know, we you know, we have our way of powering through it. But then when we step back, it's like. You know, we, sh- you know, there's things you should say no to, you know, to make room f- to do your best work at the things you say yes to, you know, and, and I think in addition to that is saying no to a few things allows you to spend more time marketing for things you really want to commit yourself to. Um, so I, I think that's, that's one of the hardest pills to kind of uh, get down, I think, when you're when you're starting out, you know, um, is that sometimes you're, it's easy to kind of, uh, see the doubt, you know, and I think you have to kind of, uh, look through that veil and, and, uh, find ways to really bet on yourself and, and bet on the people around you, um, and remind yourself why, why you started and why you're doing this versus, you know, um, you know, wondering why not just saying, no, the reason why it'll work out is because of X, Y, and Z. Um, the other part of, of developing that, that tolerance is that, you know, the projects take time to kick off, <laughs> you know, even though you're like, Hey, we got three projects started. And it's like, you know, it, we got the yes and it's back in August and December, we still haven't got anything signed yet. <laughs> so, um, that, or, that or you have hard. something signed and you're still waiting <laughs> and you're still waiting for it to kick off. Yeah. yeah. So all those things are tough. And, and, um, I, I, I think those are those moments to 
you know, you have to maximize those gaps that you get, you know, instead of looking at it in terms of, oh gosh, we got, that's not going to start yet. The the fact of the matter is, especially when you're small to, I'll say probably small to medium, um, you know, we're, we do a lot of the work. So we're, we're drawing like, you know, pretty much everything we're on still, you know, and we have great people that, that kind of draw with us. But, you know, as soon as a project starts, you know, there's, you have limited time to, to do the marketing, to do all these other things. So that period between, uh, you know, winning and starting up, winning a project and then starting a project sometimes can be a, a good gap. But those are the moments where, you know, you need to use to kind of create either your, your social media plan, how are you, you know, to, to, you know, kick out your post and how do you get these things written, you know, make sure, you know, uh, your projects, different aspects of your projects are written about and you're kind of talking it through the, uh, so, you know, maximizing kind of all, all those aspects are, are, are really super important. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, as I say, that's that's exactly where I'm at right now. There's there's this time in between where there's we got everything's in plan check. We haven't heard back yet. We won't hear back for a while. Stuff stuff that got approved or signed off on won't start for another couple of weeks or months. Um, so I'm in that phase right where it's like, okay, so now what are we doing to get those projects that are going to be three six months out, right? How do we get that going? What's the marketing plan? What's the what are the calls we got to make? What are the emails we got to send out and that kind of thing, right? So it's it's always it's yes, there's nothing physically happening now on projects, but there is right there is that there is something to be done and, and to make sure that you're um, set up for the next uh, the next wave. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And on the I'll say on the not directly business front too i'm i'm reminded by your wonderful stack of books behind you <laughs> i'm seeing back there you know we we try to also be mindful of of the input as well as the output and and making sure we're uh, kind of we we stay on top of things we, we try to make sure we're um you know uh, studying and as, as as much as we are kicking stuff out you know i think it's it's definitely the challenge, right? Is to to kind of stay as as, as, as fresh as, as as possible for us. You know, we'll for um, the other folks we're, that we have here at our office. You know, we'll we'll we we kind of almost treat it like studio, and we'll send out readings, <laughs> the, the things that kind of pair up with whatever we're doing. You know, because um, you know the goal is, is is not just to hear from us; is that we want everything to to connect you know and we we want the people around us to an anticipate the direction with us and 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 see the different things too well marcus i want to thank you again for taking the time uh where can people see more of Walter Barrio's work um well, we have our, our website at uh ultrabario.com uh and we uh, also have our, our insta that we keep um keep up at at ultrabario and uh try to keep things going there so uh give us a a follow there uh as well so, thanks again marcus